Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of The Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, Leading with Influence and Impact as an Introverted Woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. Now, today I have with me Chioma Banawopo, um, and she's an award-winning and Forbes-featured practitioner with over 10 years of experience in education, the charity sector, and the private sector. And she's got many years experience of working with diverse communities as an experienced diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. And she's also a facilitator, a speaker, a coach, a former school governor, and a, a trustee for the Girls' Brigade. And four years ago, when she moved, um, she noticed a lack of representation in schools amongst teaching staff and leadership. And when her son was racially profiled, she began a mission to educate staff on how to address and respond to such scenarios. Um, And we're going to talk, we're we're probably going to touch on quite a few topics, but um, a lot is going to be around sort of parenting as sort of busy professionals and with young children, we're going to be sort of talking about that because that's an area of Chioma's expertise as well. So hello, Chioma, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carol, for having me on. It's a real pleasure to get a chance to come to your table, so to speak, and, and have a conversation. Yes, and it's great to have you here, and um, particularly the the topic of parent par- parenting when you're a busy professional got a demanding role and then you're you're raising young children um and I haven't actually had anybody on my podcast talking about that so it's great to have you here so just tell us a little bit about yourself that and what you do in a bit more than what I've shared (laughs) thank you yeah so my name is Choma Fanawaba and um I'm a mum of two boys um, and I say boys because boys are different to girls <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> and uh, my eldest is 17, nearly 18. And my younger one is 10, nearly 11. So they're both at transitional ages. One is moving from sec- from primary to secondary and the other one is moving from sixth form to university or post 18. So we're quite a busy time in their lives um, of, of transition as well. And I have worked in communities for about 18 years. So started off as my journey started off in education and um, working with families, children, parents, teaching. Um, then I moved into youth work and I worked with young people running a youth project for about three years. And it was actually during running that project that I started to notice I, I, I started to notice the demands that was on parents and how difficult it could be for a parent trying to juggle raising children, career, you know, C-suite leader and and what it, it took to really have that balance um, as a parent. And I started to support some parents who were, say, having difficulties with their children in schools, um, navigating the, the education system, but also started running work parents and so during the pandemic myself and a school nurse friend we knew that there were lots of mums who were suddenly because we know that a lot of mums tend to do the caregiving of children and so we knew that a lot of them were suddenly um home with their children 24 hours a day having to 
navigate working full time, homeschooling and all the demands of parenting. So we ran a six week um, workshop for parents on Zoom. And it was great because it was an op- it was a safe space for parents to come to to. And we talked a lot about self-care because as a parent, I'm a big advocate for self-care and um, and also tools to support parents in order to make them better and intentional in their parenting. Um, and then alongside that, my, uh, you know, what I do with parents, I have just finished a six week workshop for parents again, looking at things around rites of passage for teenagers, adolescent development, child development, boundaries, um, family goals, parenting style. So a breath of parenting and what it looks like, because I really know that there there isn't a manual out there for parents. So parenting, especially in the 21st century, is so different to say maybe when we were growing up. And so really it's about equipping parents with the tools so that they can feel more confident and not have mom guilt because I hear about mom guilt a lot, see mom guilt a lot. And so it's really giving parents the tools so that they can parent in the 21st century in a way that works for them as well. Yeah, there's there's so much of what you said that I want to sort of tap into. But if we could start with mum guilt, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there there is there is a lot of pressure on um, mums, on women. um, Yeah. And, you know, women are sort of told, oh, you can have it all. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, they work working full time and they may feel guilty because at the time of the kids. So, so, So what are your thoughts about that? Right. So I say mom guilt is real, but we do not have to buy into that. Once you know that you're doing your best as a mom, you do not need to buy into that mom guilt. And the most important thing I say is, you know, I, I remember hearing um, Shonda Rhimes and she's the the producer of Bridgerton. And she said something. She said, when you see me winning, on the stage on the world stage it means that something is not quite happening say at home she said we can't have it all and so really I want to say to any mom who is having tell yourself that you're enough and you're doing your best especially if you know you're doing your best for your children then there is no need for mom guilt get help because I think a lot of times we don't ask for help so we're trying to juggle and we're trying to do everything and then we burn out and I know I recently burnt out so I really do say to moms, it's so important to not feel guilty, but to have the balance and try and set boundaries in place in your work life, in your home life, and also time for you as well, so that you then don't feel guilty that you're not spending enough time for everything that is sort of shouting for your time. And that is so important, important that me time. And and that, and the thing is, uh, when it comes to sort of, can you have it all? you can't have it all or not not at all at the same time so sometimes you have to make decisions. um you may you may have to make a decision right if you're going to sort of go out all out in your career then yeah your your family life you won't be able to give so much to your family life and if that's your choice then be okay with that but when you have that time with your children make sure it's quality time as opposed to just having them sat screen or something like that um and it might be that, that that you may sort of put things on hold whilst you if you want to 
spend time with your children when they're really young. And if that's your decision, be, that's okay. Don't let anybody pressure you into thinking that you shouldn't do that. So those are my absolutely. No, those yeah, are my I, thoughts anyway. I agree. I I hundred percent agree with you. I really do agree with you, Carol. Yeah. Yeah, and and the self care bit as well. That is that is something that I know many women struggle with. Um, got a busy job, they've got kids, um, so their their lives are sort of they're juggling things. So how do they manage to fit in self care when they're juggling work and family life? They're juggling their children. Um, how do they manage to fit in self care? I think with self-care, and I remember reading this quote, and this is one of my quotes, that self-care is not selfish. And I'm reminded of when you fly fly on the aeroplane, usually the flight attendants will tell you, if there's an emergency, give yourself your oxygen mask first before you put it on a child. And so self-care is precisely that, an opportunity to look after yourself, fill yourself up so that you have enough in you to then give to your children and those around you so i'll give an example and self-care doesn't have to be expensive doesn't have to be difficult can be little simple things you do so for instance if you have young children just even being able to run a bath for yourself say friday night and you say this is mommy's time an hour to just be in a bath run yourself a bath with some candles with some salt and maybe read a book If you have young children asking for help, say family members and say, can you, you know, a neighbor or someone just please, can you have them for an hour and you give yourself what you need? And it was something my therapist taught me about giving yourself what you need. So self-care does not have to be expensive. It can be half an hour. It can, I remember seeing this meme. Can I go to the toilet alone? Especially when you have really young children, they want to come everywhere with yeah. you. So, you know, so self-care is those small steps. Sometimes it could just be for your birthday. You're like, I, maybe you book for them to go to a child minders for two hours. If you have young children or their school and you take your annual leave and you treat yourself. Cause as moms, we're really bad at this. And I know I, that was me. I was that mom that never did anything for myself. But also I have a mother who did precisely that. And in her late 60s, she was so resentful, so angry, so bitter, because she said, I never did anything for myself. All I thought about was the children, children, children. And she got ill and she couldn't really enjoy herself. So she got really resentful about it. And it really taught me a lesson about self-care, making time for me. Because in order for us to give the best versions of ourselves, to our families we need to fill our cups first and you can't give from an empty cup and so self-care doesn't have to be expensive it can be simple things over to you carol and you took the words out out of my mouth because that's what i was just going to say you can't pour from an empty cup um so that yes so that is 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 crucial um and you know sometimes women mothers who carers um they they give so much to others rather than themselves and um as you said just that little bit of self care it doesn't have to be expensive mm. it it will it will it will it'll be an investment in in yourself in, in your time 
and it will just give you so much back in return. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so in terms yeah, of the, the program, I think that's... Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying I agree with you about an investment in yourself. And I think that's the way we have to see it and not see it as selfishness. Because I think society says, as a mom, surely you can't think of yourself. It's selfish. But that's why that quote um, is really good. Self-care is not selfish. It's self-love, actually. And it's self-preservation. Yeah. So um, on your so your workshops, what sort of things do you sort of teach or share with the parents? So a few things. So one of the things we I, I tend to share with parents is actually time to celebrate themselves because I think as parents, as moms, we don't celebrate ourselves enough. We're usually, like I said, either riddled with mom guilt or we're you know burnt out. So it's the moment to want acknowledge the great things that we're doing for our our families our children and then some tools on how you know and skills so we can look at things like parenting styles because usually many people know and some don't like their parenting styles so we we look at different styles and then we also look at things like love languages so knowing your own love language and then identifying your children's ones so that you know how to give to them because you might be so for instance there are um some some people like that words of affirmation um and they're different types of love language so but in identifying it it helps you to love your child better because you understand their love language and how they receive love and so we we look at that and then also we look at tools so maybe as a family what are your family goals um perhaps it's like uh, as a family we will spend time daily at a table having dinner and so really it's an opportunity for us to look at your parenting as a whole and set out a blueprint because I, I think with a lot of things our careers we do but sometimes I feel like when it comes to family life we're not always as intentional so it's an opportunity for us to really be intentional and also a safe space for moms to come because there aren't enough safe spaces for mothers to come and know that other moms get them and understand them so I also have a Facebook group that, you know, with a lot of mums in there and there are in- interesting things and tools that mums can access um, to support in their parenting journey. Yeah. And, w- and one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that there is no manual you know, for parenting. You you get sort of, you get, give birth to this child and they, or you're given this child and then it's trying to figure it out you know, sometimes on your own, sometimes you may have family that can support you, you may have a supportive partner, husband, um, or a partner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and then sometimes we, we may look at how our parents or how our carers raised us, but that's not necessarily, may not necessarily be appropriate for raising our children or your children, is it? Just because... Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think another reason why we, while I run the workshop is for parents to, an opportunity to maybe reparent themselves as well, because some of us might have had not great experience of parenting. So for some people, they might have had great parents and they have positive role models to, to follow and to emulate. 
for some some people they might not have had that so it's an opportunity to learn to do things differently so look at parenting styles look at tools that we can use but also look at um and learn from other parents who maybe have children a little bit older who are further along in the journey and I know this helped me because I had quite a few moms as my children were growing up who I could talk to especially when things were really difficult so for instance when my older son reached 11 and he went through this whole adolescent stage of just what I felt was defiance but having another mom whose child was about seven years older or more 10 years older showed me that it wouldn't always be this difficult and that there will be a better time ahead and it gave me hope and that's what I try to give mums when I run my workshops that there is hope that regardless of whatever difficulty you might be facing your parenting journey it won't last forever yeah and the thing is once they get to that age sort of 11 and 11 when they're just starting secondary school or high school as they call it in the the US um that's a big change for them um and I remember um I used to say before before I did my coaching business I used to work in the courts I used to manage a group of magistrates courts um and uh we used to have sort of uh like meetings with the other partners in the criminal justice system around the youth crime. And I remember once speaking to one of the borough commanders about, you know, the, the youth crime that we're, we were experiencing in this particular borough. And he one of the things he was saying was that once, you know, a child starts to se- uh, secondary school, that is the time where they're likely to kind of go down that wrong path. So they're in a new environment. It's, a, you know, they've gone from being the big fish as in the in the mm-hmm. primary school, they were sort of like the oldest, the, the biggest sort of thing, to be in this yeah. small fish in a big pond. Um, and that is a time where if they don't have the right support, they can go down that wrong path. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so so you have two sons. Um, I do. Sort of like, as you said, two sort of stages where they're going through big changes. Yeah. So, how have you navigated that transition, or or how how are you navigating that transition for them? So, one of the things that we've done is, is with the boys and I is to acknowledge that this is a difficult stage actually we also navigate in divorce as well so actually there are three things we're navigating at the moment yeah Yeah, three different things so for me it's always about like you mentioned walking um working in the courts getting the right support so for me um with the younger one as he was navigating secondary school one of the things that we did was go around i made time to go around to secondary schools visit um ask questions lots of research and in our borough we still do the kent exams the 11 plus so really preparing for that but reminding him that this won't always be this hard and this intense but we have this season that we've got to work extremely hard so that he can get into the schools that he wants to get into so really navigating and being intentional about having things in place making sure that there's time for fun, there's time for play, but also there's time to work hard. We're having lots of conversations, checking in a lot. So we really make time to sit at our table and have a meal together quite regularly. So it could be four or five times a week. 
Um, and in that time, we're able to, you know, check in and, you know, sort of asking how, what's going well, what's not going well. Are there ways that I can support you? So that's one way that I've done that. With my older one, who is now going, looking at six, post 18 um, plus. So we're exploring university, but we're also exploring degree apprenticeships because for me, it's about options. And so with us looking at with the subject he wants to study, we've been doing a lot of research around degree apprenticeships and around universities. And so, again, having an outlet for him to have study, 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 because they've had a really difficult last two years with COVID and with homeschooling. And 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 like I mentioned, we're navigating a big change of divorce. So really providing that support and checking in and having that fun time and that serious time, but also calling on the village around us and saying, hey, this young man could do with some support right now. Can you reach out to him? Can you talk to him? Can you maybe spend time with him, take him out and just let him know that he is loved and appreciated? So yeah. those are some of the things that I've done to help navigate this time. And and that support, as you say, that support village, I think, is so important. Having that support, you know, that saying it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, I do believe that mm-hmm. that is so true. Um I know there are people who don't have that support village. And so what would you, what would you suggest to them? Um, someone who hasn't got like family around them who they can rely on or support, or they may be a single mum. Um, what, what's, what would you suggest to them? If they're... So, yeah. So I think what one of the things I'll suggest is it could be moms in your children's school that maybe you can share things so perhaps you can take in turns and pick up children each other's children and then that way it might give you this space of half an hour before they get back to have me time so friends you know moms on the playground they might not always be possible but maybe if you have a day and you say okay this day I pick up my child from school those are helpful but local things childminders are quite helpful because they can really help support you as a parent in navigating that other times as well local groups so in our community I I um like I mentioned navigating divorce and one of the things I did was ask for help so I went to my GP and um I was able to access therapy that was something that really helped me being having that space to talk about what was going on for me I also did the same for my children and their schools they had one had play therapy another one had counseling because they have a school counselor so i think it's important that we access the help and community groups there are quite a few in our local community a local church became like a real community because my family don't live close by and suddenly i found myself as a solo parent without family around so i started to attend a local group and there met people around who have supported us in our journey so if you're like me and don't have that then there are facebook groups as well maybe people in your local area see activities that are going on there get along there and you will start to meet people that way you don't feel so isolated because isolation is a real thing for us as parents yeah and i think that is so true um because i i I sort of became a single mum and my son was six was he six or seven years old 
Um, and most of my family weren't around. Um, so, and I, and I, and I sort of think if I'd had social media, like Facebook groups and things like that, then that would have made such a big difference to me back then uh, that mm. those things weren't around then. So, so it's great that we do have that, uh, people can get that support or develop those communities, um, in that way. Absolutely. Uh, yeah yeah and so in terms of like you know your 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 son who's 17 sort of navigating through those teenage years um Mm -hmm. well done for getting him through because I know it is not easy with young boys um you know they get such a hard time as well there's a lot of peer pressure um as well so it's great that you've navigated that those sort of 13 to 15 16 year year old times where it can go in the total opposite direction to what you want it to yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right and I'm really thankful for the people around us that have helped us but also he's a good kid I can only say that he's a a great young man with good head on his shoulders um and he has made this stage easy and I also wonder if some of it are you know I, I think for me the understanding that adolescent development is a is a part of identity they're trying to find themselves they're trying to explore they're trying to make new connections and going with the flow and really talking to them a lot and asking them questions, but also creating a pla- an opportunity in the home and that safe space for them to be. Because I always say that children will be themselves somewhere. You either allow them to be themselves at home so that they can bring their, their true selves home or they'll be themselves outside. And I know for me, I've always said to to my boys that you can be your true self here. And so you can ask those difficult questions and we can have those difficult conversations and even talking about things like stop and search. You know, I remember talking to my son when he turned 14 and I told him about stop and search. I said, this is what you do if you're ever stopped by the police. Um, you respectfully address the officers and, you know, and I talked him through. So for me, and, I, and I'm thankful for my profession because it's helped me to see some of these things before they happen to so like the stuff and search and the different things and really being able to communicate and even having the conversations around things like relationships, you know, like, you know, and I remember when he turned, I think it was like 13, 14, we stayed, we sort of read the book about, you know, the, the body and hormones and teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit embarrassing for him, but we, we had the conversation because he was like, mom, tell me what I was talking about. But we still had the conversation anyway, and, and it was awkward. But we 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 got the, the basics of the conversation down, which was important. And I think that is so important because the thing is, if if they're not going to learn from the home, the pet, they they will learn from somewhere, and they, what they may learn from outside yeah. sources may not necessarily be the right things that they pick up or. Absolutely the friends Absolutely. and so forth and, and there's something yeah. that you talked about is creating that environment whereby they can be their true selves 
um, and having those asking those questions and they're having those conversations and listening I think is so important um, that parents listen to their children yeah Mm. yeah absolutely 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 because children want to be heard Mm -hmm. I mean growing up for me children were seen and not heard yeah and I know that as a result of that many parents don't have that great relationship with their children Mm. especially if the parents yeah especially if the parents were too busy didn't have time for them So it's really important that we make that space, that safe space. And I saw this working in schools, in in primary schools. I always said, wow, some of those children, the things they're doing in school, they will never do at home because they felt more comfortable at home, um, so rather at school. So it really is about creating that conducive environment in your home so that your child knows that they can talk to you about anything and for you not to freak out. You know, it might be like things they've done and you're like, oh, my goodness. But really... I learned very early on that with young people, there were things that they will do, but it's for you not to freak out about it and say, you know what? Thank you for telling me. Thank you for trusting me. Because it is a real trust thing that they've entrusted you with their their information or whatever is going on for them. And it's for us to handle it very carefully. Because if they trust us, they will come back and tell us again and again. But also if we've made that time for them in the early days, they can trust us when they're older and when they're teenagers. And that's something that I really wanted to cultivate in the home, that the boys know that they can always talk to me. I might not always agree with it. I might not like the way they say it, (laughs) but they can talk to me. And that is so important. So that means that as they're going, navigating the, 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 their path, the, challenges that external pressures the peer pressures and so forth if they feel that they can talk in the home and be listened to be heard I think that is just um so important so important um you know I sort of remember uh sort of trying to, to support somebody who's so when he was when he got to 14 he was going off the rails um and sort of having a conversation with him on a one-to-one and he, he said to me that his his mum doesn't listen to him um mm. and she found that quite hard at first because you know she was really trying mm. but um I think the fact that he just felt that she didn't listen I guess she was always talking to him or talking at him um but once she sort of had that realization um and then sort of made the the effort to listen more I think it's so important it is it really is I think listening we over or underestimate the value the power of listening and I, and I know you talk about this a lot in your work you know for you know for women who are introverted that they do a lot of listening mm-hmm. um and I think it's the same with young for us as parents to do more of those listening to our children what are they saying what's really going on for them because one of the things I learned in my role working with children and families that behavior is communication and is really asking us what's that child trying to communicate what are they saying I mean you see with toddlers who can't 
express themselves. So they, they act out because they're so frustrated. They're trying to express and they simply can't. And it's the same with teenagers. They're trying to explore the world, make sense of the world. They're trying to explore their identity. Who am I? Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? So it shows up in their behavior. But the more we listen and the more we're quick to say sorry as well, especially to our teenagers, when we've gone wrong or we've made wrong decisions, they respect us far more for doing so. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, oh, thank you. It's been a very interesting discussion. Um, very interesting discussion. And I think it's something that, you know, as as sort of in, in the... Um, I can put it in the workspace. Mm-hmm. It's something that there probably needs to be more discussions around this because if you if you look, the majority or a major a big percentage of the workforce are parents or carers for young children, mm-hmm. um, and so having a spa- having spaces where they can have these conversations are so, is so important. I think so. Thank you for giving your time and sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carol, for having me. Really appreciate being able to share. Yeah. So if if people want to find out more about you or join your Facebook group, where's the best place to for them to go? How do they go about it? Okay, so um I also write a newsletter actually on a new a newsletter on LinkedIn. It's a monthly newsletter, really all about all things for parents. So please do subscribe. Um, if you search on the I think LinkedIn newsletter, it's called the Parenting Power. Um, and my Facebook group is also called the Parenting Power because for me, it's about giving power and tools to parents to uh, and enable them to efficiently and um and give them the tools really that are necessary to raise their children. So, and you can also follow me um on all social medias. So my name Chioma Fanawapo. Sometimes there's a dot link on Instagram is Chioma dot Fanawapo. But on LinkedIn can search for me and I'll spell that phonetically so see I don't know if it's worth doing it but it might be helpful but I'm sure I guess you probably will put the link in the yeah I'll put the link but yes if you want to spell it in case people don't read the blurb okay so Chioma spelled Charlie Hotel India Oscar Mike Alpha so C-H-I-O-M-A and then my last name Fanawopo is quite phonetic so it's F-A-N-A-W-O-P-O so if you search for me you find me on all platforms um, under that name. Okay, so thank you, Chioma. And do go and check out her parenting, the Parenting Power newsletter on LinkedIn and her Parenting Power Facebook group and follow her on social media. It's been a pleasure having you on the um, podcast, Chioma. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carol. Bye-bye. Uh, so thank you for listening everybody um, and if you're wanting to increase your confidence influence and impact then go to my website aboundingsolutions.com there's a free assessment on there that you can complete that will give you ideas of areas that you can focus on and so until the next time bye